Ahoy, hello, welcome to a brand new episode of Baffled. It's your favourite fact podcast. Back once again, bringing you assortments from around the internet, even some books. Uh, we, we chat about the facts, you decide whether they are worth sharing or whether they should be chucked into that big bin of nonsense. My name is Dan, thank you for being there. I will bring you facts about how ambulances get through traffic lights quickly. Also, why Doc Martins are called Doc Martins, you'll never guess who they're named after. And we'll find out who one of the most famous film stars forever really was. Mark is also here. Right, this week for you, I've got something we can blame on the pirates, uh, debunking a myth that I think we may have also helped perpetuate. Uh, And finally, one of my favourite events that I've ever found. I'll tell you about it later. And Connor is here too. Uh, We're going to talk about Gaylord Perry, the Avengers and Borat. (laughs) Here you go. Those nine facts you just heard, the teases, I think sum up everything that you've gotten from this show in the last few years. Let's see how we end up. It's a brand new episode of Baffled. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Sometimes less is more, fellas. Less is more, because I'm, I'm hooked in. Borat? Hmm. Gaylord Perry? Who is that? If you know who he is, I'm interested. What I love is that you, you, you're you using your own tease as an example of less is more. I'm hooked by my own stuff. I know what's, you know what's coming. So for you, less may seem yeah. more, but you already know what the less means. I I wonder if you saying the word Borat is 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 really the tease that you think it is. Well, coming you basically, Borat. Borat. Mm. Okay. Yeah, okay, Borat, great. fact, that, you know, Borat's fun. I mean, there's not really any anything boring that could be there as a fact. So I'm, I'm into it. I'm interested in Borat. And the Borat fact's great. So you've got a lot to look forward to. So also, you just said less is more, you know, mm. in- enthusing, giving yourself a big old clap on the back that your teasers was so short, but then you managed to drag this out for another minute and say, oh, it's a great Borat fact. Stick around for that. Yeah. Well, I think what I also wanted to do as well was justify my position on this podcast with the contract renewals when they come up. The less is more. Remember that for my seat here, please. And great. Less is, less is, well, you really don't want to be Bandying around the phrase less is more when you're talking about contracts and money, I would say. Good point. Good point. Didn't think of that. No. Good point. Negotiation point it's noted. Fine. It's out yeah. there now. It's out there. It's on record. Less is more. I went for dinner last night with Great. a mate and uh, he listened to Baffled when it first started and then did uh, what I'm sure many people did, gave up on it and then has come back around to it recently. And he said that it's amazing. You listen back to the first episode, you listen to the most recently went, you can tell you've reined Connor in. Really? I think really? I th- I've been reined in. I thought he was going to say that we had we had lost enthusiasm for each other's company in the art of fa- and the art of fact finding. I I'm, thought, I'm, thought not, I'm not convinced happening. we ever had enthusiasm for each other's company. I reined me in. A, mm. No, reined me in in what way? Reined me in of, of nonsense? Or? Well, the thing is, I immediately went. We haven't reined him in. He's got lazy. I feel like that was more of the mm. situation. 
But he was like, you know, you look back at day one, Connor, going, well, don't believe the dinosaurs really died out because of some meteorite. Oh, yeah. I don't know whether you've just whether you've just learned and educated yourself along the way. I think that might be what yeah. it means that that you have become wiser as we've done this podcast. So perhaps me and Dan have achieved something with our lives in educating you ever so slightly. Thing is, we have been doing or- this podcast for three years, and you really did hit the highlight when you said that the dinosaurs weren't really didn't really exist. I mean, episode yeah, from episode or- one it was or- downhill. Maybe. Your facts just aren't quiet, bringing the delivery for me that you want. Mm. Up it, lads. But, but, you know, stick around because Borat. Connor, take it away. What's your first fact of the show? Well, it's about Borat. It's here. Oh, we're getting straight in on that one. Straight in on it. And uh, I have upped the game. During the production of Borat, they never washed his suit. It smelled awful. Really bad. And you might sit there and go, well, who washes his suit anyway? When you're filming where he was, you'd be, well, you you know, you don't really wash suits on a regular. He he didn't wash the suit. The production company didn't wash the suit. Reason being was it added another layer of discomfort for anyone coming in contact with him. So it generated the response that they wanted when somebody met Borat. Yeah, I think that would make sense. A bit of method costume directing as well that makes some sense I don't mean to be rude in 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 the making of the film but when you look at Borat and what he's trying to represent I reckon it stunk of shit. what do you reckon oh wait, it would have just stunk of sweat I seem to remember yeah. in the film Borat he spends a lot of time just running around running after Pamela Anderson I think for most of it it wouldn't surprise me if it just stank of sweat no, I like it there we go it's so nice. when you say they didn't clean the suit are we talking yeah. Jacket and trousers, or are we talking shirt as well? Are we talking a whole combination here? He's got to be wearing different shirts. You would, ass- you would assume shirts. so. Yeah, so they did really go for it, uh, really go for it in a sense, because obviously the look of Borat as well is quite a dirty character. You know, he, he, live, he lives in an area which is not able to have all of the lovely things that people have in life, so therefore represented quite a dirty character. Um, and that's how they done that too. Apparently he didn't wash his hair very much um, and created this very awkward smelling man from Kazakhstan when he greeted real life people during the film in the street. I don't think you really need to, I don't think it's, yeah, I don't know if the intention of doing that was to replicate whether they have money for washing facilities in Kazakhstan. Well, realistically speaking, mate, when he's standing outside his, his house in Kazakhstan kissing his mum and sister yeah, like that's he right is, at the start. and he was wearing a and he was wearing a full blown tuxedo with a pair of bootings on it. It'd probably be a bit weird. So yeah. I reckon what he wore fitted the lifestyle quite well. That was right at the start. I, th- I think I think he was made. You know, it portrays the smellier he gets. He is quite a slime bag in the film, and I think that's what it's doing, isn't it? It's, it's making people they they want people around him to have as vis- viscera- viscerally uncomfortable an experience as possible. Because you know the film is is lifelike, so they're trying to gain get reactions, aren't they, to make a good film? So I guess. Can you imagine the smell and the reaction from the scene when he was in that dinner? You know, when he goes in and he like sits in the dinner and he was talking to people. I can't remember what it was he was necessarily talking about, but small room, dinner, suit looks smelly, he looks smelly. I can't imagine that was enjoyable for the people that he was chatting to. That must have been horrid because they actually thought he was a real person, as they did throughout the whole of Borat. Pamela Anderson has recently brought out a book. And if you remember one of the, the big fi- one of the big final scenes of Borat is where he goes to her another book signing, I think mm. it is, and, and kidnaps her. And she was saying she was going out with Kid Rock at the time, and they went to watch that film together. Pamela Anderson was in on it. Kid Rock didn't know it was happening. 
And when they saw the film, that was the, the straw that broke the camel's back and her and Kid Rock broke up because of that scene in the film. Wow. <laughs> Excellent. God, what a way to break up. Imagine that. Why did you split up? And then you tell that story. I agreed to be kidnapped. Mark, give us your first fact of the show. Pirates are the original reason that the Americans never joined the rest of the world in adopting the metric system. Tell me more. I actually didn't believe in pirates for a long while, so this is good. What do you mean you didn't believe in pirates? I didn't, because I always put pirates down to what we saw in, you know, Captain Jack Sparrow form. I didn't realise that there's like modern day pirates, but that's something I learned. you thought pirates were an entirely made up concept purely for fiction? I did for a long while, yeah. Brilliant. But now I know that they are actually real people and... Sometimes not very nice. So when the world was deciding uh, that it would all unify and take on the metric system, you obviously needed a measure to be able to know what the metric system was. So there was this thing uh, called a grave. And a grave uh, isn't what you would normally expect a grave to be. A grave was an exact measurement of a kilogram. They had to get one shipped over from Europe. The French said, it's fine. We'll send one of our best ships and best people with a grave over to America. So you too can adopt the metric system. Unfortunately, they ran into pirates. Pirates captured the ship, captured the loot, killed the crew, or didn't kill the crew. They imprisoned wow. the crew. They then died in prison. It never made its way Bloody to America. Hell. And to this day, America has still not adopted the metric system. But uh, did they ever um did they ever catch the pirates? Would the, the, the pirates ever do really horrible sentences for this terrible crime? I mean, it's not a great crime, isn't it? Getting in the way of that. Uh no, not really. Um, this was quite a long time ago, wasn't it, though? Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, but we're going back to the 18th century. But, didn't, but did we have the metric system? I thought that was fairly recently that we were in metres and kilometres instead of feet, inches and yards. Yes, but this is when Google's the rest of the world was starting to adapt it. The UK has since what also come round to it, but America still hasn't. But America did plan system. on doing it in the first bit. Did you genuinely just ask the question, what is the metric system? Yeah, the decim... Small measuring system metric based system on the meter, is meter, gram, like meters and right. kilometers, for example, or grams and kilograms. So going up in tens or hundreds or thousands rather than, you know, inches to feet, which is 12, 15. Got you. It was before so I just knew them as grams, kilograms and And, and also meters, it's yeah. one of these, yeah, it's one of these things where as soon as you ask someone who was there, like your parents or grandparents about yeah. feet, inches, pounds, yards. As soon as they start talking about it, you switch off because they just go on and on and on. Oh, when you three's your hey pennies makes up for seven yards, which makes four kilowatts, which makes and it's your does your head in. Yeah. So like degree Celsius is metric system, for example, because naught is freezing uh, for water and a hundred is boiling point. So that's metric because it's in the goes up in a scale of a hundred, unlike Fahrenheit, for example, where naught is actually minus thirty two is right is actually just thirty two, for example. Thanks, Mark. Yeah, I oh God, wonder where we was going there. I, I, I was, I was being informed of a lot You're of education. Being educated, that was Connor. It's education. I, well, I want to go back to where Connor's mind's at. Right, pirates? this story would have been loads better. Do you not agree? If it was like the pirates attacked the ship, yeah, then the ship was like these powerful men, and then the pirates got like hurt. Because that story's good. You know, like when people do something. Crime and then it's done the to really Pirates bad. Of the Caribbean film is that what's happening? Here? You see, I'm seeing, I'm, I'm seeing a film here. You know, like that story of the guy that got robbed and they didn't realise that the guy they were robbing was an OAP who was a professional boxer and knocked them all out. Great, I would like that to have been the ending to this. Yeah, but in that instance, they wouldn't have nicked the metric graves that they needed. So 
there wouldn't have been a fact. It's a very good point. And also, what's the story about an OAP boxer? Is this something that you've made up? No, it was on the it was on the news um, quite a few years back, actually. OAP, house got broken into, three young guys armed, and uh, the old boy got out of his chair and knocked them all out. Sure. That's why Connor's brain We went. went from the pirate metric system to, o- to an OAP down Chelmsford Way, beating up a couple of y- wrong-uns. Welcome to Connor's brain. Welcome to Baffled. Yeah. Apologies. Have you ever heard about Shirley Temple, Connor? Know the name? Shirley Temple the Drink? No. Although it was named after her. Shirley Temple uh, was a huge film star when she was young. She was Hollywood's number one box office draw between 1935 and 1938. She was a very famous child actress. She started acting when she was just three in 1931. She she went on to do some incredible things. Anyway, let's talk about her... uh, childhood career. At the height of her popularity, there were a load of rumours about her in the media. Some people said she wore a wig, dyed her hair, had false teeth, wore dentures. Um, the, the most outrageous rumour about Shirley Temple, the child actor, was that she was actually a 30-year-old with dwarf. And this rumour was so uh, prevalent and so talked about that the Vatican had to get involved. The Vatican? The Vatican, all the way from Vatican City in Rome, had to go out to... America to LA to prove that Hollywood's like the most famous actor at the time wasn't a dwarf. Wow. What? Maybe I'm lost here. Yeah. What have the Vatican got to do with it? It's just all I could. I isn't that the place? Isn't that the place where the Mona Lisa is? No. It's where the Pope lives. Where the Pope lives. The Mona Lisa is in the Louvre, which is in Paris. That it is. Mm. Yeah. Someone tried to nick it, and then a, an 80 year old OAP beat up everyone. <laughs> That was a really bad one there. That was a bad muddle up there. For anyone thinking Connor's putting this on after our comment at the start of the show, he's not. He genuinely looked confused. I think what happened is back in the day, the Vatican was all, was people were very religious, was often called up as a third party to settle disputes. Okay, yeah. So everyone was saying that Shirley Temple... I've been there. I've been there. Been to the Vatican. I had a cannelloni there. I've been there. I know know where we are now. Everyone was saying that... Are you all right? Are you done? No, I'm just, I'm getting, I'm just, you know, any piecing more holidays together. Want to talk any, have you eaten pasta anywhere else that was that worth a mention? We would ball from listeners if we still had this spiel banging on about the Vatican. So it's lucky I'm here making mistakes. No! So the Vatican, people were so enraged that they thought Shirley Temple, this child actor, was actually a 30-year-old dwarf that they sent the actual Vatican around to inspect it. And they found, no, she was just a young girl. Maybe but, maybe the Vatican were in on it though. I'm trying to I'm trying to think I'm trying to think of someone that's you know to relate this to Connor. Connor, who is like the most famous person around right now for you? Probably Harry Styles, isn't it? I was literally about to say, I bet he says Harry Styles. So basically, you know, in your mind, it's at the height of his powers right now. Harry Styles had a huge album last year. He was in many films last year. He was all over the papers because there was that time he spat at the Hemsworth. So this is all kicking off. And world's, some- world's um sexist man as well which you need to just probably mention that you know you don't know Harry Styles or have ownership so it's strange that you're like so possessive over him yeah he's, yeah, he's sexist man so the sexist that. So, perfect perfect symmetry so Harry Styles Face at the height of his fame right now someone says you aren't real you're actually I, I, I don't know you're fake in some way you're a 60 year old dwarf even though he's regular height. Well, he's, he's, he's going on right now. People are saying that he's bald and that's a wig that he's wearing. So, I don't believe it though. That hair is too wavy for me. And then, so right, people are saying, oh, he's bored. You're wearing a wig. And what happens is the actual Vatican, the head of the Catholic Church, that organisation comes in to settle this score. That would be pretty... So the Vatican... Pretty bananas, right? The Vatican could turn up at his 
yeah, his Wembley Stadium night next June and inspect his hair. I think it's fine for people to be fans, like quite hardcore fans of mm. things, but you, you are being quite possessive over Harry Styles and I, his, and his I curly locks. I genuinely believe you have a shrine to him in your flat. I, I, he, he has maxed me out on the man crush scale before I'm gay. Also notice he did not deny the shrine. Where are you reading about this wig thing? Like I'm I'm on the internet quite constantly and I, I haven't seen any of these rumours. What message boards are you looking at? What forums are you reading? It's on TikTok. When you've got to the level of Harry Styles fandom as I have, he falls on your For You page pretty much daily. So therefore I'm now... Yeah, I probably sound officially a Harry Styler, so you get quite a lot of um, yeah, sort of like a believer, but for Harry Styles. Connor, give us your second fact of the show. Hall of Fame pitcher Gaylord Perry was one of the best ever pitchers, but a terrible hitter. His actual manager once said to him, "A man is going to land on the moon before Gaylord hits a home run." He hit the first home run of his career on July the twentieth, nineteen sixty nine. That was the same day that Apollo 11 landed on the moon. So, I do love these weird coincidences. Let me, let, me, let me tell you where my brain was going during that. It's great! Nine turning around to your manager going... 95% of that, I was like, what, what, why, is, why is this fact in existence? Why are you telling me about someone I've never heard of? Then? I, then? Who's done something I don't care about? I immediately thought he found this blow the shack fact from last week. Yeah. Uh. That's where he found then, this one. Then where? Then where did your mind go? Tell me. Well, I said, you know, when, when you said, oh, his manager said, you ain't, you know, a man's going to land on the moon before you hit a home run. I thought, oh, okay, well, this, you know, we're going somewhere with this. So it was a nice surprise, a nice coincidence. I don't buy it, though. Hang on, you don't buy what? It states. What do you mean you don't buy it? Hold on, mate. You got a rocket landing on the moon. That can only happen with Apollo 11 no, on a date. You got the date. Yeah, no, I believe that. And you got him in a home run. I don't believe that his manager actually said it to him. Ah, uh, well, uh, so we're going back into my book of you think it's a PR stunt. Is that what we're opening here? It's a PR stunt. Well, I, I, I don't know what PR is getting them. I, I think that maybe this is well, an old wives' the name tale. Out there. Pop, maybe, pop. maybe it's an old wives' tale that the coach has said after the fact. He said, oh, can you believe it? Neil Armstrong, Apollo 11, they got up on the moon. I was talking to Grayson Jackson, whatever his mm. name is. What's his name? Gaylord Perry. I was showing uh, to old Gaylord Perry the other day, and I said, there ain't no way you're hitting a home run before someone gets on the moon, and what do you know? Something like that. I think it's been worked backwards. Mm, right, okay, work backwards. Oh, yeah, I see what you mean, to make it sound better. Glamorise it a little bit. Flip it up. Yeah, and without that, the fact is... Man hits home run on the same day that Apollo 11 lands on the moon. Mm. But as, as, a, as a created story, all painted and joined together, isn't it? Isn't it a wonderful little story, that? Isn't that a lovely little story? Oh, Gaylord Perry it would never be, hit a it, home run. If he was more famous. I'm sure people who care about baseball a lot more than I do, but go Red Sox, would, you know, tell me who Gaylord Perry was. But what I mean, he's not Babe Ruth, is he? He's not the guy who went out with J-Lo. Those are the only two baseball players I know. No, that was yeah. Ben Affleck. No, no, no. She was married to that baseball player. Alex Rodriguez? A-Rod, yeah. A-Rod. And Ben Affleck. Yeah, no, I know. And then they yeah, got back together. I know that. Let's not go through the but whole He doesn't play obviously. baseball. Crucially, for this fact, he does not play baseball. You've, you've been squirreling away at your laptop. I've been here. trying to figure out whether or not he said this fact like during a press conference or something, but it seems like it's a story that's just been told later down the line. That, oh, yeah, he said this in a batting cage at a practice which immediately puts me on your side of going, I don't think this is true. And also, people say things all the time. It's too much of a coincidence. I say things all the time, you know, and it, st some of that could easily have come true just because I speak so much. 
you know, last yeah. week I went on for about yeah, half do. an hour that I was smarter than a three-year-old. So you do, you do absolutely win the award for this of the most drivel. So yeah, I agree. So there, there is an article here saying after moon landing, Gaylord Perry shocked everyone. Then later down, it says uh, Perry declined to comment for this story because he knows it's bull. That's no, why. it's real. He knows it's real. I don't care what anyone says. It's too good to not be real. Gaylord's a great name as well, isn't it? Great name. You don't hear a lot of gay Gaylords. I wonder if when I was growing up, <clears throat> there weren't any great Gaylords. And the use of gay as a, a, a slur. It's just ruled it out now. But I think, you know, we're, we're past that now, aren't we? I think there was, I don't know. I think there was probably, because when, I think there was probably about 50, 40 years where mm. calling someone gay was deemed to be offensive. And now I think we're past it. So I wonder if we're going to see more gay lords. It's a very back. American name, isn't it? Mm. Very American name. Oh, it's a good name. Maybe it's a, good name. It's a strong name. Your first kid. Strong. Gaylord. If you can rock it, I'm here for it. Gaylord Simpson. Mark, give us your f- second fact of the show. Okay, so this is both a fact and a debunk of a myth at the same time. Planes aren't painted white because white paint is lighter. There is actually a multitude of other reasons. Have we had that? I think we've spoken about it on the show before that supposedly, so... We don't, we don't want to get into disproving our own facts. I know. It's, it's grey area. Okay. Uh, but I believe we have at least discussed it before on the show. It might have been during a Connor Explains where he told us about four forces keeping a plane in the sky. <laughs> There's the one that's up, down, front and back. Um, but it's in fact due to a multitude of other reasons. So... Um, and he's going to list them, Connor. He's going to list what these ready. reasons are. Just in case you weren't paying attention, here's one of your favourite facts. A list. A list of, thi- of something you don't care about. Yeah. You're going to hear many, many reasons why that thing is the case. Yeah. You know how this is best in I am going to... Strap let me just strap in myself in. Position. Yeah, there we go. Strap yourself yeah. no, in. No, this in is the fact the f- position. This is the position of, yeah, hell. But go on. So one of the main reasons is that a plane will fly above clouds, so it will be in direct sunlight. So it needs to be white because it absorbs less heat. Tick. Makes sense. Uh, other reason is that white paint tends to fade less over time than coloured paint does. Less maintenance is cheaper. Also, you can see damage more easily on white stuff, so it's safer and less birds fly into it because it's more visible for birds. There you go. Nothing at all to do with the perpetuated myth by other podcasts and potentially ours as well that planes are painted white because white paint is lighter. That is a lie. I quite enjoy it. Is Mark one of your favourite people? Do you reckon Dan? I reckon he's one of my favourite people, Mark. I love him. He's great. So unique. Who gives that list and thinks it's, you know. No, he's not one of my favourite people. I enjoy enjoy moments of his life. Thanks. I enjoy occasional moments. The kindest thing you've ever said to me. When he brings an interesting fact like that to the table. I enjoyed that. Mm. Second fact of the show for me. Did you know that emergency vehicles can change the colour of traffic lights? See, I've always wondered about this. I Now, I will pray see this. I don't know how in common this operation is. Yeah. I don't know if it's solely in America. I don't know if it's used all the way here in the UK. However, there is something called traffic signal preemption or prioritisation. It's a system that allows the normal operation of traffic lights to be changed or preempted. The most common use is when traffic singles might get in the way of an emergency vehicle or halting conflicting traffic or to give that emergency vehicle right of way. So basically there are some systems, Connor, a few different systems where if you're in an ambulance, 
you can control the fact that the light in front of you should be green to give you the best, quickest path to the hospital. Right. To see the okay, it kind of makes way. sense. It does make sense, but I can't believe it happens. This either happens, sometimes it happens in the car when they turn their lights on. It kicks in a system that works, I imagine, with radios to the, the traffic yeah. lights to, yeah. to change how they happen. Yeah. I think sometimes there are people back at base that are kind of doing it. That's how I always thought it. <laughs> Where they're like on the radio, going, we're approaching this, and they're like, we'll change the traffic lights for you. Also, it works. Yeah, with... yeah, yeah. I get that. I get that. Also, I think sometimes they have it on trains so that when trains are coming up to level crossings, mm. so the barriers are going to get put down. So um, uh, there'll be queues on either side. The, the train kind of works with the traffic lights around it to make sure it's not too backed up right next to the rail crossing. Got you. Interestingly, do you remember when London held the 2012 Olympic Games? I do remember them. They were yeah. quite a big thing. When they were applying to hold the 2012 Olympic Games, yeah. there are so many rules that they had to um, uh, s- sign up for and be able to yeah. prove that they could do. Normal stipulations, yeah. Yeah, they had, they had to prove to the IOC board who were deciding where the Olympics were held, Connor, yeah. certain rules and stipulations. One of them was that the... Uh, something like the athletes had to be staying within a certain time limit distance of the event where it would be held, like 40 minutes. Yeah. They knew in London that probably wasn't possible. So when they drove the people from the IOC who were checking this from hotel to, you know, venue, they would rig the traffic lights. Rig the traffic lights. I love that. They rig the traffic lights. Two facts in one, they rig the traffic lights to give them the the quickest possible journey. That's a very British way of... Surely they... uh, with big sporting events as well, they probably need to be close to hospitals, don't they? Because if someone gets hurt, they want to be straight there. Yeah, I imagine. Uh, well, they got yeah medical teams on hand as well, don't they? So I knew that that happened with the Olympic Games. And yeah, uh, as in, I don't know how frequently this happens, but emergency vehicles can alter the traffic signalling system. Do you reckon you can buy fire set for yourself, Gil? You know, figure out a way to do it on your own car. Well, I was reading about this. And I think what happens is quite a lot of traffic lights have um, cameras on them now. Yeah, motion sensors, yeah. And when that happens, when they hear the signal which tells them to turn green or to turn red or whatever it is, they take a picture and you can correlate to make sure it is actually who you're meant to be. Uh, Bit disappointing. Hmm. It's clever because it's, again, it's, it's something that I didn't know and now I know and I enjoy it because now whenever I look at something like that, I'm going to be going, I know what's happening here. I understand why this is working the way that it is and I like it. Yeah, I kind of danced around that because I'm not sure as the precise technology of the whole thing. It's fine, no one noticed. But No one noticed. Crack on. Welcome to the Train Happy Podcast with me, Tally Rye. This is the podcast that helps you have a feel-good relationship with fitness, food, and body image. Each week, we'll be digging into an intuitive and inclusive approach to our health and well-being as we're joined by leading experts, friends of mine, and you to hear more about the journey of letting go of diet culture and feeling good in the skin you're in. It's a podcast for everyone, no matter what body you're in. You can find us wherever you found this podcast. Just search Train Happy wherever you get your podcasts and hit follow. 
Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Thank you very much for listening to Baffled. You can always get in touch with the show. It's info at baffledpod.com. We've got so much to keep you busy on the website, which is baffledpod.com. Remember, we bring you these episodes with nine brand new facts every Monday. You've got bite-sized facts, bite-sized baffled. Just sum it. You know, you listen to them. What I hope happens yeah. with these bite-sized baffled. Just like one fact that you can mention to someone in the day. Yeah, exactly. And I know that we maybe bombard you with nine facts every Monday. Quite tough to remember all of these. Connor was banging on about Bora earlier. But hopefully already. tomorrow, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, you'll hear one little fact that you can just bring up to someone. Maybe your company is one of those strange companies that does like something to start the meeting with in the morning. Mm. Maybe you could be like, hey, did oh, you know Bora only, never washed his suit? Only five minutes long. Literally, as you're, as you're having your little morning stroll into work, last five minutes, stick your baffle bite size on, walk in and be like, guys. Great fact for you. Great fact. It's a little five-minute pocketer. Little five-minute pocketer. That's yeah. what we have with that, that, that. I think we brand that up as. Guys, In the pocket, sit down. ready to go. Guys, sit down. I've got a list. Did you know the reason why planes are actually white? And then, you and then someone, some guy in the back will be like, it's because white paint is lighter. And you'll be like, no, Neil, no. sit the f*** down. Yeah. It's not. Let's be honest, there's probably more issues you deal with between you and Neil. Yeah. But... You know, you've got your list there, ready to go. I, I, I prefer Neil to you, if I'm honest. Well, yeah. Every, anyway, all every, of that. Everyone does, all right? All of that, Moving we're up. All of that is at baffledpod.com. Let's get into the last round, then the last round of facts. Connor, take it away. Third and final one. I'm going to talk about the Avengers, but I'm also, before that, going to link it with uh, Draco Malfoy as well. Oh, and Harry Potter, because he was known to have a lot of snacks in his pockets. Robert Downey Jr. is the same. Snacks on set is a thing. Downey Jr. would hide snacks on set of the Avengers. Because he was told, you can't use your old snacks when you're doing your scenes. But he likes to use snacks. So he used to hide them and then go and find them. If you, dear listener, could see Daniel Simpson's face <laughs> no. right now. No, I mean, it was more the Malfoy thing through me. I didn't really know that, why that was important. I think we've so, had that fact. The Malfoy had the Malfoy fact before, okay. Yeah. Yeah, so the Malfoy fact was about Tom Felton. He used to put snacks in his pocket because he enjoyed using snacks during his time acting and they used to saw sew him. up the pockets there so they couldn't do that. Saw him. When we yeah, you saw him doing it. When, we when the Avengers, 
in the Avengers, it's slightly different with Robert Downey Jr. He uh, he would hide them. He would hide those snacks. A good example is the Dr. Banner's lab. You know that one? No, not off the top of my head. No? Well, I mean, yeah, you're not I, an Avengers fan. People that... Well, the, the Hulk's lab. I know that much, but like, what happened in it? Yeah. A lot of those scenes he's eating or he's drinking or he's doing something. That is hidden. He's picking that up. They can't find it, the people no, that are building he, the sets. He's not doing it during the filming, is he? Apparently he can use no. it during the filming, yeah. And I think there is one scene with Robert Downey Jr. where he picks up a snack. Unprofessional. Don't like that. Yeah. Oh. I, I, like, literally, movie making, acting is notable for the fact you do nothing most of the time. Yeah. I well, a lot, obviously, and he's like, oh, now's the perfect is, time for a snack. Rain it in. A lot of this me. is before filming, yes, but there has been occasions where he has used those as well as part of his, you know, part of his little scene mm. to help him along. No. Nah. Um, Sherlock Holmes, maybe. Sherlock Holmes. I think he's had a few snacks in that. I think nuts in one of them. He might have picked them out. Right. What's he got nuts for? I'm unbothered about Like, Fine, it's interesting. I, I, would, I would like to know, do you know what snacks he was eating? Did he, did he ever hide something in the Iron Man suit? No, I don't know what snacks he was eating, but what I love the most about it, which I think is the cherry on the cake, is that yeah, they just the have to the cater cake. time in. Cherry on the cake. They just have to cater time in before he would film to try and find the snacks on the set. So imagine you've got your busy old day planned. You've got to put in 20 minutes for the Robert Downey Jr. scene to find his Nutri-Grain bar, Elevenses, that's stuffed behind the couch. Do you reckon he would have the little Nutri-Grain Elevenses? Did you ever eat that? I did, yeah. Posh kids at school would have the Nutri-Grain Elevenses. Yeah, I was one of those. Yeah. I used to have one of those. Yeah. Weren't they tiny though? Oh no, they were like the flapjack ones, weren't they? Yeah. Yeah, and they tasted great. Really, really good. My mouth now, even now, you know, 25 years later, whenever I imagine eating a Nutri-Grain, it's like clagging up. Like, you know, the cement with that blueberry in the middle, just locking your jaw together. Thank you very much, Connor. Mark, give us your last fact of the show. Right. What do you think is going on here? Can you hear me? You get yourself in here right now. Come on. You know you're going to be oh, late I know. again. And I know you this. know that I want to get there I on time. I can't remember where it was. But some place in America had like the national championships of old women yelling at their husbands. It is the husband calling competition yeah. at the Iowa State Fair. There you go. Uh, so this is an annual event that happens at the Iowa State Fair. Uh, where women will come along and will show off their husband calling uh, abilities and one of them will win the grand prize of $5. Hayley, uh, <coughs> Connor. Yeah. Obviously, you'll never, you'll, you would never speak a bad word about Hayley anywhere, let alone on a podcast, but is she like a good Connor caller? Does she sometimes kind of yell at you? Yeah, although she does this weird thing sometimes where she uses my name and she says, like, thank you. So it'll be like, thank you, Connor. When I've helped her, and I find that weird. Just say thank you. Suddenly makes, makes it, it feel formal. formal. Yeah. Yeah. Feels like that's what Mark would say. Like, thank you, Connor, for your work today. I mean, I've you know? never said that to you. No, but if you did, it, you know, she reminds me of you. Well, this, this is suddenly very weird things that I think we should talk to a therapist about. What about your girlfriend? Is she, is she a good Mark caller? Um, no, I don't think she needs, needs to be. I thought for a moment you were going to tell us that you'd broken up with her. No. I thought I thought I thought that was what was coming next with that uh, long, long pause. No, no, we uh, no. She, she doesn't need to call me that often, actually. But I, I I could have the same thing. Like every so often, so I would always call her by a shortened version of her name. So whenever I use her full name, she's like, "What have I done? 
Why are you calling me a mobile phone name? This is weird. That's what I'm saying. It makes it formal. It gets me worried. Gets me anxious. Gets me on edge. And I feel like there's a reason that she's using my full name. Because she doesn't do that. Maybe. maybe she, she calls me Con. She's messing with you. Connor, how would you call for Yeah, Hayley? I don't enjoy it. If, if the ta- tables were reversed. No, but if the tables were reversed here and you had to try and win the uh, girlfriend calling competition, how would you do it? I don't, um, I don't know. I don't think I'd even enter the bloody thing. It sounds completely ridiculous, the, but I don't the, know how I would do it other than just Hayley. The thing is with, you know, you shorten Hayley's name to H. I think H isn't that, you know, in fairness, it's not that easier thing to say. That makes sense. Yeah. Like it's H. Not, it's not that easy a letter to say. It, of all the yeah, letters, like- it is on the tricky end. I like nicknames. I like nicknames. I like calling people by their surnames as well. You know? Yeah, like I'm, a, I'm a big fan of all that. It. Does she not... Do you, you, you never tried like Hales or something? She doesn't seem like a Hales, does she? No. I bet she doesn't, doesn't like that. Doesn't do that. And McFaddy, you know, McFaddian is a bit of a... You know. Powerful. Yeah. Hayley Mack. I'd call her Hayley Mack. That sounds or like just call her Mack. Hayley Mack yeah, sounds Mac. like H-Mack. a pop punk star. Yeah. It is longer than her first name, though, so it does kind of defeat the point. Yeah, but I like that. Anyway, well, I'm, I'm Dan Simpson, and I get called Simpson way more than Dan. Simo. There Big you go. Simo. Big DWS. Anyway, what, what was that? Uh, there is an Iowa State Fair that has a husband calling competition uh, with women like this. Came four. Right, there's so much wrong with it. There's so much wrong with it. I've just realised how much there is wrong with it. Not only, like, they are calling their husbands like that. Yeah. They're willingly, they're not only are they willingly showing people that they're doing that, they're advertising yeah. the fact they're doing it. They've gone all out of their way to sign up to this thing to let them do it. Yeah. There's, there's too much wrong with it. There's too much to get into it. $5 as a grand prize. Could do it, I could do a, a podcast just It's not that. even worth it for five. It's not even worth it for five. That's, that's my thing. But anyway, each their own. Last fact of the show. When you're wearing your Doc Martin's boots, you're actually remembering a doctor in the German army during World War II. Was he Dr. Martin? Klaus Martens was a doctor in the German army during World War II. He injured his ankle in 1945, so right at the end of the war. And he found that his standard issue army boots were too uncomfortable on his injured boots, so he made his own one with the air padded soles made of tyres originally, which is why you wear Doc Martens. Well, I don't. And now I'm glad I don't. Connor, you wear DMs. Well, I do. Yeah. Yeah, and they bloody hurt. Do they? Well, they didn't hurt Klaus Martens. Well, no, whatever they've done in the recent years is not fun. They should have done exactly what he used to wear because they bloody hurt your feet. They, they ache, they hurt, they blister, they're painful. Let's end with that. We never needed anything more. There was not much to chat about this German doctor during World War Two, But, you know, if you're wearing your Doc Martens, you are remembering Klaus Martens. Klaus Martens. Could you imagine a more German name? No. No, Klaus Martens. Yeah. Even when you don't say it in, in a remotely near German accent, I, I it still it. sounds German. Uh, I enjoyed it. Thank you very much for listening to Baffled. What have we learned this week? Well, Bora absolutely stank. Shirley Temple had to get the Vatican Church involved to prove that she wasn't actually 30 years old. And if you're an absolute nag, get to Niowa and claim your £5. Thank you very much for listening. We'll be back next week. In the meantime, as we mentioned earlier, we've got a brand new Bite Size Baffled tomorrow. Say goodbye, Connor. See ya. Say goodbye, Mark. 
goodbye. Remember Klaus Martens. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.